0: Hey guys, it's your host again, Jason Coral, with Whatsoever is True. Please do yourself a favor, I think, and go check out whatsoeveristrue.com. That's the blog. I've got lots of work on there. Hopefully it'll be edifying, and we're doing everything we can to continue to, to help explain that the Word of the Lord is a divine set of principles. And we take those principles, and we apply those principles to the particulars of our individual lives. And that is how we are renewed. And that's how we test everything. That's the standard. So when we say that the Bible is literally the word of God, we mean it in a sense that the divine principles are applied to the individual specifics of life. And that gives us wisdom. Um, just We confuse education with wisdom these days. Education is, I have a lot of technical knowledge or something. And just because I'm very technical in something does not make me wise. And we have basically lost that today. Wisdom is knowing why something is true, why something's false. We're able to identify a bunch of different facts and organize them in act, into actionable detail that's non-contradictory. So with that said, that's the goal of Whatsoever True, both the blog and the podcast, and to open up the word of the Lord to you. And maybe in a way you're not getting elsewhere. I still suggest a course that we... We all attend a a local church and we worship there and we're a part of a body of believers. But uh, my goal with this is is to try to deliver a, a biblically consistent and biblically sound doctrine and teaching to our current events and so forth. So we learn to live and think biblically. With that said, here is today's episode of When is America Gonna Get It? (laughs) When is God going to judge America? I have two answers to this. The first one is I'm going to define, you know, biblically what's already happening. So you'll notice and go, yeah, wow, that's happening. And then two, address what most people think judgment means. And that is like sort of an overthrowing of the country in God's wrath. So first, let's get into it, um, which is interesting. And that is Ecclesiastes chapter 8. Because um, you're going to get your naysayers, oh, don't talk about this, uh, the judgment, the downer man, don't, don't talk about it. Uh, and then the naysayers, go, well, it's not going to happen. But remember, because the sentence against an evil deed is not executed speedily, and this is Ecclesiastes 8, verse 11. Because the sentence against an evil deed is not executed speedily, the heart of the children of man is fully set to do evil. Basically, what this says is that because you're not immediately struck dead when you sin, people think they're getting away with it. They're convincing, they're convincing themselves there is going to be no judgment. Um, to that, I want to say this. God judges everybody. There is consequential wrath in everything that we do. Now, if I roll through a stop sign safely, right? I, come to this, I don't come to a full stop. There's nothing coming. And I kind of roll through it. I may get pulled over. I may get a ticket. There's consequential wrath but that would be like the judicial wrath, because I violated a law. Now, if I run a stop sign and there's traffic coming and somebody smashes into me, well, guess what? That's a lot more. That's a much different level of consequential wrath. So obviously, we know there's there's far different in terms of grade scale of sin and mistakes and so forth. Well, likewise, there are different levels of sin, and you're, we're going to get into that as we go, but. All sin deserves God's just, just condemnation. All sin deserves eternal death because we're sinning against an eternal God. Let me help you understand that. If, because I know this could be a, a, a tough subject sometimes. If you were to go to a gym and say, 1986 or 87 when Mike Tyson was in his heyday, and you go into Mike Tyson's gym and you say, Hey, Mike, you stink. You're a weenie. I'd beat you any day of the week and you climb in the ring and you slap him in the face. Well, knowing Mike Tyson at that time, my bet would be that you would take a beating from that Mike Tyson. So in short, you would you would get a temporal beating from a temporal being. <laughs> OK, Tem- temp- temporary. Mike Tyson clearly isn't eternal. Neither are you. And the beating wouldn't be eternal. <laughs> So the nature of the beatdown you take is commensurate and logically consistent with the type of person that you offended, right? Now, let's say you live your entire life and you sin and you call God a liar and say, no, I don't need to repent of my sin and go to Jesus Christ. That's just a bunch of nonsense, a bunch of religious nonsense. You have sinned and called a liar an eternal God. The nature of the punishment you'll take would therefore be eternal, this is why God is to be feared. I know we don't like that. Fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. I don't want to fear the Lord. Well, it doesn't mean you're you know, literally sitting there you know, under your chair in this regard as a Christian. It means you have worshipful awe and reverence of Him. But He's Lord. You should be scared in, the, in the one sense. He's God. Right? This is God. He's not to be trifled with. He's not the, like a Christianized uh, Santa Claus who's going to give you presents one way or the other. He's going to have a grading scale. <clears throat> now, all sin must be dealt with it's either dealt with on the cross or it's dealt with in punishment in the last day but even that you have some other variations of punishment let's talk about that romans 1 verses 25 and 26 after it defines what happened man is in sin suppressing the obvious about god and refuses to acknowledge and worship him and give him thanks let's remember that so america today. By and large, doesn't acknowledge him at all. The schools, the education system, no, 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 no. If you bring him up, that's bad. Don't do it. Don't acknowledge him. Don't give him thanks unless you're vague. (laughs) Okay? Unless you're vague. Don't give him thanks and certainly don't worship him publicly. You can do that privately. Just keep that on Sunday in a designated building. Don't bring that nonsense out into the public square. Don't bring it into corporate America. Don't bring it to school. Okay? Don't do it. That's America's basic take. Refuse to acknowledge him, refuse to worship him, refuse to give him thanks. That's the sin. And in so doing, we exchange the truth about God for a lie. Basically, we're saying God doesn't exist and God doesn't mind my sin. God's okay with me doing whatever I want to do. And then we begin to worship other things. You will always notice that non-believers are worshiping something. They have a reverential awe and fear of something else that's created. That's under the sun. To this, God then, here comes the first show of wrath, that God gives them up to the lust of their hearts, to impurity, so that their bodies would be dishonored amongst themselves. Because they've exchanged the truth for a lot. All right? That's the first sin. You're going to start seeing a lot of sexual sin. Because mankind saying, there's no God, there's no judgment over me, I can do whatever I want, and you're going to start sinning sexually. And for this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions. Okay, so you're going to get this, and this is verse 26. For the women exchange the natural function for that which is unnatural. In other words, you're going to have, and in verse 27 picks it up, the same way that men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire towards one another. Men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. Now, well, what does that sound like? You're seeing advancement of sexual sin... All right. And more and more encroachment of sexual sin. And then you're also seeing homosexuality. Those are things that God gives a culture that's more and more sinful over to. That's actually a judgment upon them. OK. Like I said, there's a difference between rolling through a stop sign when nobody's coming and running through it when there's, there's, there's traffic. OK. So there's different levels of lust of someone thinking lustfully. Thus and enacting upon it and enacting upon more and more degrading forms of sexual practices. You see, even in, in the old, the, the Roman Empire, then they were extraordinarily pornographic, extraordinarily pornographic. Um, it, was, it was it was so bad that it was it considered, you know, it's just normal to have pornographic art on, you know, basically on your uh kitchenware and your your bowls, your cups and things of that nature. So they became so over sex and oversaturated with it, that of course that had a very deleterious effect on their empire. So that is the first thing to look for of judgment. You're being given over to those things. Verse twenty eight picks up and just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind. Now again, now the first thing came in was the sexual practices. The second thing, you're going to justify those things. You almost have a rational going down, down, down here. This continues to go down. Now the mind is so depraved because it's trying to justify that. Knowing that it's wrong, it begins to then make a bunch of other alliances with other sins. And that's where you get a depraved mind. To do those things, that are not proper. Being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, Full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They're gossips. Have you ever looked at some of the magazines that are, I mean, just, there's all gossip stuff in a lot of the, the popular entertainment things. And full of envy. I mean, there's one, the political party that the Democrat party is almost com- completely envy. It's always about what other people have and they shouldn't have it. You should have more. Almost the entire party is not on, oh, the, uh, <clears throat> the, uh, Average person should. Everyone should have the same rule of law. You should love your neighbor as yourself. Mind your own business. That that's not what politics is about anymore. It's all about greed and envy, and uh, revenge. They're slanderers. Listen to what people say about one another in politics. Slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil. Have you looked at the news lately? <laughs> They're inventing new ways to. To be evil and and to be sinful right before our eyes, disobedient to parents. It's another way um, the culture has grown increasingly less family oriented, increasingly more state orientated, right? Where and I saw another story the other day of a mother who went in with her her fifteen year old son for a doctor's appointment, and the doctor asked pretty much demanded the mother leave the office so she, so she, the doctor could ask the child some basically sexual questions, you know about their gender and about sex practices and so forth. And this is done without the mother being present. I mean, that, that's, that's insane. They, they have, they have, that is disobedient to parents. So the breakdown of the natural order of parents having authority over over the children, not the state, is, has, been, has been not just blurred, it's been almost obliterated. Uh, disobedient to parents without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful, Now, here's the other point. This is verse 32. And although they know God's righteous decree, that those who practice such things deserve to die and are worthy of death, they not only do these things, but they give a hearty approval to those who practice them. And that, again, you get three times. God gave them over. God gave them over. And that's where you get the rolling forward of God's abandonment as part of his wrath. So is America going to get judged? Of course it is. It's already in the middle of it. You're seeing these things before our very eyes. Now, no one knows the full percentage of it because we know, like let's say, even in more biblical times when people were a little bit more biblically literate, there was still sin, and there was still, in some cases, horrific sin. Think about think about the sin of slavery. In, in, in the uh, South, there were cases where in Charleston, around the time of the Revolution, that a lot of the people there had children with slaves and some of them would get some inheritance but some of them were just kind of hanging around and being you know slaves and so they put their own offspring into slavery even though they were they were free people and they were wealthy um even though the bible clearly states that that's a sin stealing is a sin slavery therefore is a sin i mean that that's another podcast for another time but i mean if you think about that and you go well if i can't steal a dude's property. How can I steal him? Right? So, I mean, that's just the insanity of sin. And now I'm going, I'm going to then, even though I'm married, have sex with a slave and have offspring. But clearly, that's what sin does. It plays you for a fool. And, and as I said earlier, there are certain sins that are worse than others, and they will bring us to consequential wrath. The Civil War, which cost 620,000 American lives in a time where there were only about 20 million Americans in the country at the time, Incidentally, I mean, again, oh, that's almost that's a little over half a million people died. That's not including all of the people who were maimed and injured in the war. The casualty counts were horrific. The Civil War was horrific, and that was a consequence of that horrible sin of slavery, as Abraham Lincoln said, "If slavery is not wrong, nothing's wrong." Well, that was a reckoning for that. It was a consequence. So God gives you consequential wrath. But again, when you begin to see more and more sexual sin. You then start seeing a depraved mind, who is then just not just apologizing for it, but championing the most horrific ideas, and that is that is a consequence of God's wrath. God is turning people over to the consequences. He says, oh, "If you want me out, I'll have at it." I'll give you a quick story. When I was five, my older sister decided it was time for us to run away, and I went with my older sister. She was like, "All right, let's pack up, we're going." Um, <clears throat> I packed I think a teddy bear and an extra t-shirt because that's you know in my five-year-old mine that's what I thought I needed and my parents let me at the door and they said you know good luck with your new life and uh, you know please stop in to see us maybe write us a letter <laughs> off we went we're standing at this corner of some of uh, I still remember the roads Washington and Asbury Road in my hometown and I asked my sister what we were doing she said we're waiting for the bus now the funny part about that is that there was no bus route there but I was five, so I didn't know that. Nevertheless, about maybe 20 minutes probably passed. And it's about dinner time. I'm starving and I'm cold. And eventually she was eight. I'm five. We walked back home. And the funny thing was my dad had locked the door. So that was pretty funny. And he said, oh, yeah, but you don't live here anymore. So we ended up in that kind of comically learning a very critical lesson in life is that there are consequences. And one of the worst consequences would have been, had my parents literally jettisoned us and sent us off in life, we would have starved to death, right? That's an idea of God's wrath. Because sinners are not being thankful. Let's go back to Romans 1 there, and they don't give thanks to God. One of the hallmarks of sin is thanklessness. Not that you're seeing, I mean, are you seeing... People who are just generally thankful about living in the, the most amazing country in world history. Firstly, everything certain people are saying is ungrateful. That is a sign of God's wrath. They they they're doing that. And so now I'll move on to will God catastrophically judge America? Well, I think that he will. I think that if I know Billy Graham has had once said that if God doesn't judge America, he owes Solomon Gomorrah an apology. Um, <clears throat> I don't know what that means. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't. I, I'm, hey, I'm in sales, not management, and I don't get the memo, so I'm going to be very careful. But I will say America needs to be very worried because there are black clouds on the horizon. Economically, the country is about $30 trillion in debt. I mean, that number is obscene. That, that's another podcast for another time as well. That is an obscene number. There is no way America is ever going to pay off that debt. It is not going to happen without massive suffering. This country will suffer for its sin. Sexual sin, I mean, let's look at the divorce rate. Look at the, the broken heart. Look at the depression. Will that lead to a breakdown in family? Of course it has. And a breakdown in family then pull, brings out people who don't have any savings. They don't have any personal stability. And they need more and more government, which is going to feed more and more debt, which is going to feed more and more intrusion. It gets more and more tyranny. And you're tottering the way Rome did before it fell, where government has has to increase law and intrusion into social life because there's so much personal anarchy. And that is the irony of sin. Sin is fundamentally anarchy. It's moral anarchy. I'm not answerable to anybody. And on the other hand, tyrannical, because then you need to come under some type of law to stop you from everybody else's anarchy. Isn't that amazing? This is why mankind consistently swings from anarchy to tyranny. So I have no doubt the course of history and logic brings me to believe that God will judge us with a probably a catastrophic collapse of the economy, which will then lead us into some type of political despotism um, and, and, uh, and trial there. So... Will God rain fire and brimstone from heaven? Well, you know, again, I'm simply looking at the consequences of the this, of this sin. We can't ever know what God is going to do. I will say one other thing is a lot of people say, well, the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come before this gets too bad. Um, again, that's another one. You have no idea. So we need to really just be, be humble and, and, and shut up about that kind of thing. I don't know what his, what his plan will be. Um, I do know what he says about sin. And I do know that whether or not, this is what I'll finish with, he judges America catastrophically. And I pray that he does not. I pray that he's merciful. I pray, I pray that he's patient. For my sake, for my family's sake, for your sake, for my country's sake, I pray that he has mercy on us. This isn't a game. This is a serious, this is serious business. Um, I will say this. Each one of us, you listen to me, me, um, we're all going to die. One way or the other, we already know God's judgment on sin in the fact that we're going to die. Watch America in the COVID era and America is so afraid of death, it can't fathom, it would give up anything to just not die. It would give up its liberty, give up constitutional right, right to assemble, right to worship, in many cases, right to free speech, uh, it's equal protection. How many businesses have been shut down but other businesses are open? These are horrible, horrible abuses of civil liberties. And Americans are not only fine with it, but they're not like reluctant. Oh, I guess this is something we have to do. They're they happy about it. That is a sign of moral sickness. Though it's that afraid of death because they're that afraid of judgment. This is all there is to them. And they say, well, and I've had people tell me, well, life is more important than liberty. Yeah, go, <laughs> go to Arlington National Cemetery and tell them that. Obviously... Liberty was that important for them to die over it. Um, so my point with all of this is that judgment is coming for us personally. And either Lord's coming to us or we're going to him. Um, judgment's coming to America. It's coming to us individually. So the answer to that is the gospel of Jesus Christ and the cross. Go to the cross. Go to Jesus. Repent of your sin. And so you don't have to worry about the sudden terrors that will befall sinners. That is the message of the great news of the gospel is that we have the assurance of salvation in Christ and we do not have to ever, if blessed is a man against whom the Lord will not count his sin, we don't have to worry that we're going to perish in our sin. It doesn't mean everything's going to be hunky-dory. It means that all things will work together for our good. Even those things are evil. Even if we're sold into slavery like Joseph was. Even if we're, we to suffer great persecution. We don't know that. But the point of our lives is faith. Remember Romans 1 Verses 16 17, for the obedience of faith, that's what we want. That should be our goal. We pray for America, but we pray for the glorification of God. We pray for His will to be done in our hearts, in our homes, and certainly in our towns, cities, state, and country. Um, So, with that said, uh, hopefully that is the good news, and it's Jesus Christ. Uh, Is judgment coming? Amen, it is. Absolutely. God will judge sin, and you're seeing it around you already. Uh, and as far as the second point, will he judge it catastrophically? I pray that he does not. But at the end of the day, I pray, you know, he does have mercy and that the gospel continues to be preached. That I continue to preach it. That you learn it and preach it in your own home and hearts. Um, and, and we continue to grow and tell other people about the excellencies and the majesty of Jesus Christ. What a blessing, huh? What a blessing. Anyway. Hope this helps with, uh, you know, your understanding of that. And I know there's a lot of people go, well, you know, the end has to come because America is going to be falling. That's hey, Rome fell. I mean. Right. Empires fall. Uh, America. America is looks like it's going to be on its way out. And we should pray for that, but but we should stay steadfast in prayer, steadfast in Scripture, continue to do our work, and not presume to be thinking for God. Keep an eye, yeah, obviously keep an eye out, and, and you know this could be the day He comes. But uh, <clears throat> you know, America is not that important in the grand scheme of things. America is not the gospel. America is not Jesus Christ, and so we need to preach the word to America and to Americans and bring them into repentance, bring them into the obedience of faith, not the other way around. So with all that said, hope this was helpful. Uh, Again, please check out whatsoeveristrue.com and hopefully that will be a blessing to you as well. And I'll catch you guys next time.